everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brazilian Point of View. My name is Ana and I'm here to tell you the real truth about Brazil. I love recording this episode. I had such a blast talking to Sarah. So initially I thought about doing a solo episode, but then I saw her, who is also a celiac, and I invited her to record this episode with me. And we talk about differences between being celiac in Brazil and United States, the adaptation, the support from friends and family, and how is dating being celiac. This was a such fun episode, and I hope you guys really like it. So let's get to it. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for coming to this episode. It's a like, very special one to me. I know, I know. I'm so excited to talk everything gluten-free because, you know, as you know also, it's kind of a struggle. Yeah, the struggle is real. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it's okay. We can talk it out. Yeah. So tell a, bit, a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, no. Well, I am Sarah Whitney. I am 23 years old. I'm living in San Diego, California, and I absolutely love it. I live about a mile from the beach, so I, you know, am always at the beach, but, you know, besides that, you know, I am a podcaster. I have my own podcast. It's called It Ain't It, Ain't it Sis Podcast. Sometimes it's like a little bit of a tongue twister, even for me, <laughs> and I am an author. I'm writing my own book, and I'm also just a freelance, you know, social media manager as well, so that's a little bit about me. I keep busy. I have a bajillion jobs, it feels like, but you know, I absolutely love it. And yeah, that's basically me in a nutshell. Oh, awesome. Also, Leaf by the Beach is like dream come true. Oh, definitely. I'm not sure where you live in Brazil. Where, what town? Not, not, not near the beach, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know. My um, cousin used to live in Brazil because she married a guy from Brazil and I think they lived in San Paulo where, you know, oh, awesome. I think right in the middle of, you know, your country. Yeah, awesome. Um, so let's talk about gluten-free and celiac disease. Let's just get to it. So we are both celiac, which is actually like a very hard struggle right there. And there's also like a bunch of differences between being gluten-free in Brazil and the United States. So let's talk about this. Um, so... How did you find out? Like, did you felt, did you feel like so sick before you actually found out about, about being celiac? Yeah. So starting in seventh grade, I kind of noticed some stomach issues that I was having. I was getting really bloated. Um, you know, some of the, I guess, complications of celiac disease aren't really sexy, you know, so, you know, oh, getting yeah. really bloated, you know, <laughs> depending on who you are, there's like diarrhea or constipation, headaches, anything kind of that honestly would be unfavorable. That's kind of what happens with celiac disease. And so um, growing up, I ate a lot of bread. Pasta was my absolute favorite food. But then, you know, in seventh grade, that's when I started noticing every time I ate bread, my stomach would just hurt really bad. And, you know, I thought it was normal. And then I found out that my grandma at 76 years old, she was diagnosed with celiac disease. So, oh, really? 76? Yeah. Yeah. So she went her entire life, like not knowing at all, but obviously, unfortunately, you know, it caused her a lot of complications. She had a lot of like gut issues because celiac disease, you know, affects your small intestine and how your, um, I guess your gut, I guess breaks it destroys down all the your intestine, like completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like if you kind of keep on eating gluten and you have celiac disease, you're having a high, high chance of getting cancer, which is, you know, yes. we don't want that. So, you know, you're really forced to stop eating, you know, gluten. But, you know, when I was you know, in seventh grade, that's when I started feeling these symptoms. I kind of went on with my life being like, oh, I'm fine. And then I found out my grandma had it and I was like, maybe I should get tested. And so that was when I was 16. And I was really, really shocked, honestly, when I got my test results back. You know, it's just a, usually a simple blood test for some people. Some people have to kind of have like a little, it's called an endoscopy. So that's when they kind yeah. of, I think, look into your stomach and your gut, which thank God that did not have to happen to me. But, oh, really? Um, I, You're so lucky because I had yeah. to have it. 
<laughs> oh, you did? Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I thank God I did not have to have that. But um, yeah, I just got a blood test. And then I remember I was sitting there on the couch. It was the beginning of my spring break when I was in the middle of high school and my mom comes in and she's on the phone with the doctor and she's like, you have it. And I'm like, no, my life is over. No more cupcakes, no more pizza. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly the feeling. (laughs) I know. And it's just, I mean, it's really, it was really a big shock to me, but you know, I, I got over it and I'm learning you know, how to continually eat gluten-free and, you know, it, it's definitely a struggle the first couple of years. And, you know, you we were talking before we started recording. It's, it is a struggle, but, you know, I mean, I have now a lot of tips and tricks that I've learned. Oh, amazing. You're going to share this with us as well. Oh yeah, definitely. So I found out like I had to go with the endoscopy. Um, so when you finish the endoscopy, you're kind of like, weird you feel weird because mm-hmm. you are still um with the meds and all and then the, the doctor came in and he was like oh so that's that's that you have to go gluten-free because you're celiac and no one told me about that before that so I was so confused and kind of sleepy and I was like what 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 do you mean yeah and I I nearly cried <laughs> I know because I didn't understand what was going on and suddenly in my life had to turn like 180 and I loved junk food like McDonald's Subway it was everything to me and then suddenly out of the blue I couldn't eat that anymore so Mm -hmm. I mean it's hard to especially when you know you're young I'm not sure if you like liked beer beforehand but you know we can't oh thank god I didn't (laughs) yeah no I I wasn't I mean I was diagnosed when I was 16 so me personally I didn't about like two years later is when I started drinking, you know, in America, I think we like start drinking a lot later in life. I'm not sure how it is in, you know, Brazil, if you guys start drinking at like 13, if it's like in Europe, but um, um, we can legally it's 18, but it's oh, like really? the 15 year old parties and everything. Cause they're 16, but here's 15. So okay. we start earlier. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of started drinking, thank God, like, I guess later because I didn't know what I was missing out on because I think if I were to be diagnosed, you know, in the middle of college, I would have freaked out because I would have been like, oh my gosh, like I can't have, you know, McDonald's because, you know, I did like McDonald's. I had McDonald's, Burger King, you know, KFC, all of those kinds of things. And, you know, I wasn't having that anymore. Um, But you know, it's, it's definitely just a struggle and, um, yeah, but you know, like I said, I'm just working through that. Yeah. It's like a shock. So out of the blue, suddenly you have to change your whole diet, which is it's food. Like it's your whole life. So mm-hmm. you have to change yeah. so suddenly it's actually hard. And I remember that some people would tell me, Oh, but it could be worse. It could be like diabetes. It could be way serious. Like I fully understand this, but still hard. You cannot like diminish what you're going through. Yeah, no, exactly. And I would say like the hardest thing for me personally, and I feel like you could probably relate, but like food is such a big thing in my family. Like we absolutely, yeah. our life kind of revolves <laughs> around food and like going out to eat and all of this. And, you know, when it's awkward when you go now to parties and I have to eat before and I can't eat there, you know, if yes. they have like little snacks out or like cheese and crackers, I can't have the crackers. And then, you know, they have, or even like dips, I'm not going to eat just like a dip alone because I yeah. feel like that's a little weird. So I just like don't eat anything and Uh, it's just so hard or even at birthday parties when you know they have cake and sweets I can't eat any of that so it's definitely like a struggle and like learning to I felt really awkward about it because people would ask me oh like why aren't you eating and I'm like oh I'm allergic and they'd be like oh really why why don't you just have a little and I'm like no my stomach that's not how it works (laughs) I know (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm not sure if you experienced the same thing, but that's, you know, my experience. So my family doesn't go out to eat much, but they do a lot of family parties. So I'm so lucky. I feel like I am really, really lucky because my family 
felt so bad about this. They were like, oh my God, I cannot believe. I know. So uh, now in parties, family parties, they separate like, oh, this is going to be for everyone. But just so your, yours is not contaminated, this is going to be yours. So they're like very amazing. But that's the whole adaptation that my family had to go through. Not as much going out to eat. But I'm telling, like, I'm saying about my whole family because my family that I live with, um, we have to go, like, in restaurants. You have to go, this is gluten-free. And then you have to explain why you cannot eat gluten, what like, at all. Because you're going to die, you know, like, yeah. in the long run. So you actually have to go. Sometimes it's sad because you have to go further. Like, you cannot be, oh, I'm going to feel sick. And sometimes I feel that they don't. Um, care as much so you have to yeah, be okay they I realize, might die <laughs> yeah they don't realize it's kind of like a nut allergy in a way like obviously like I'm so glad our throat doesn't close up or anything like that yes <laughs> but which is oh that would be a whole new level that I wouldn't be able to you know I wouldn't want to deal with but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it's definitely serious yeah and you have to make people realize how serious it is and that's I feel, I don't know if you feel like this, but sometimes when I'm in restaurants, I feel kind of embarrassed to be like, yeah. oh, I have the celiac disease, so this has gluten-free. Can you please ask the chef, like, 100% if this is gluten-free? Sometimes I feel very embarrassed about it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's one thing I've struggled with, but I've gotten over that. Like, now I'm like, okay, listen, I'm gluten-free, and I mean, we were talking about this earlier, too, but, you know, I think it is a little bit more common in... America to be gluten-free um, than Brazil, like you were saying. And, you know, now I'm like, okay, yes, I'm gluten-free. Am I doing this for fun? Because a lot of people in America, I think, do it for fun. Oh, a lot here of celebrities, as well. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of celebrities are like, okay, I'm gluten-free. I'm dairy-free. I'm this free. I'm that free. And I'm like, okay, what are you eating? <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, and okay. why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah, I know. And I mean, yes, I mean, gluten, apparently, you know, I've read a lot of studies since becoming celiac or since I found out I have celiac disease. And I mean, it is really inflammatory and, you know, sometimes it doesn't sit well with people. And if it doesn't sit well with you, then I would say, yeah, go gluten-free. Um, but, you know, you don't need to, to lose weight yeah. if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. Cause some people have this thing as well, even my friends, because I had like this birthday party and I had this, well, junk food, but gluten-free junk food. And I, my friend just came up to me, oh, I'm so glad because I'm eating this junk food, but it's totally healthy. Yeah. And I, I'm like, okay, no, that's, that's not how it goes, <laughs> okay? Yeah, I know. Because it's still junk food, but it's just gluten-free. It doesn't change much. And I feel like people think just because you're going gluten-free that you're going to get skinny and that you're super healthy. And that's not the reality of facts. No, it's definitely not. And like, actually, they tend to pump more sugar and fat into gluten-free food to make it taste better because the oh, gluten, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, cause the gluten, gluten is basically the glue that like holds bread yeah. and pizza. And, you know, that's like the doughy consistency that a lot of, you know, starches and have. And, um, that's why, you know, they pump in more sugar and fat because when you take out the gluten, it, it crumbles. It doesn't taste very good. So yeah. you have to put other stuff in it to make it taste better. Oh, I didn't know it was sugar. Yeah. It's sugar and fat usually. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I know. That's why it's like, it's hard, but like, you know, I've learned, you know, I just have to cook a lot by myself, like cook my own food and I eat a very much whole food diet. So I guess, you know, I don't really, since I don't try to eat the processed gluten-free things, you know, I'm eating a lot of vegetables, just meats and um, other grains that are great are like quinoa and rice um, those and corn. Those are probably my main ones that I eat. Yeah, that's actually a good thing if you think about it because you just naturally eat better and eat more vegetables and natural food. Because otherwise, you're just going to go as like eating processed food, like you said. Mm -hmm. And I am so lucky because my mom cooks so well. <laughs> and then yeah, that's she so makes good. like, yeah, she makes like amazing gluten free food. 
So I'm very lucky about that. But I also started um, cooking for myself because, oh, really? you know, you okay. gotta get that independence as well. That's what I started doing too, because when I was living at home, I no longer live at home, but um, it's, it was kind of important for me to start cooking for myself. And, you know, I'm actually going back home tomorrow for um, a month or two um, to visit my family and everything. And I'm excited though, because my mom is finally, she is very well versed in how to cook gluten-free. So she's going to cook for me now the entire month, (laughs) most likely. And I'm really excited for that because, you know, cooking for yourself is a lot of work. Yes, it is. That's true. So how did your friends and family adapt to your situation? Um, I mean, my friends were kind of like, oh, you're gluten-free, like, that's fine, whatever. I don't think people care as much as you, to be honest, you know, because it doesn't affect them. My dad, he still forgets that I'm gluten-free sometimes, like, <laughs> we'll be at a restaurant or even at home, and we have bread on the table, and then he'll be like, Sarah, you want some bre- bread? And I'm like, no, like, I can't. And it's sometimes like annoying, I guess, when, you know, I'm with a group of friends and we're out and, you know, it's late at night. I mean, this was obviously like pre-coronavirus because, you know, I'm here in California where everything is shut down now again. But, you know, back in the good old days when, you know, we could go out and whatnot, um, you know, it was hard, especially late at night when we're going out to get food you know, I would sometimes just have to sit there while they all ate like McDonald's or like something that actually, you know, potentially was unhealthy, but, you know, still tasted good and had gluten in it. So, I mean, that was more of a struggle. So it was more like me having to adapt rather than like my friends like adapting, which I also like, I got for a while insecure about being the gluten-free friend. I'm not sure how you felt, but I never wanted to like draw like so much attention to myself and be like that girl. So, yeah, it's hard. But, I mean, I think the uh, most awkward situations I have, I mean, I haven't been going on any dates, you know, this past year with coronavirus. But, you know, when, say, a guy takes you out, I feel so awkward always being like, okay, well, just so you know, I'm gluten-free. So, you probably have to go to a restaurant where I can at least get a salad. But, like, any anything usually works. And I try to, like, play it off. But, like, sometimes – yeah, it's just, it's hard. And like, I remember one time I actually went with a friend and he, I think, forgot that I was gluten-free. And I think I'd literally just got fries for lunch because I didn't have the nerve to say I couldn't eat anything on the menu. So I was like, I'll just have fries. I'm not very hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what you said about your dad, I think maybe it's a dad thing because moms are, mothers are like way more careful, but my dad, forgets about this sometimes as well yeah like I know not as careful as moms (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) I'm like is there a brain up there come on yeah men can only think about so many things they say women are great multitaskers and like you know overthinkers but then guys literally can only think about one thing at a time yeah this is exactly what my mom says and that's true Cause you can, I can, I can, I live this in my house every day. I know. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So about like my friends, I, I felt, I, at the beginning, I felt so bad about going out because I have this group of friends that we go out to eat. Like that's what we do. So now it's like way harder and there aren't many gluten-free places here in Brazil. And I say this Brazil as a whole, but my city as well, and I live in a large city, so that's somewhat concerning even. But they are also so careful and they try to go to places that I can't eat something. So I am very fortunate to have those friends and my family as well, like I said. But this date thing, like dating, being good yeah. with is- Isn't it hard? oh my God, it's awkward and it's terrible and it's, oh my God, send me to another place, actually. No, I mean, I get it. It's really hard, especially because I live in San Diego, which is our, like, culture here is a lot of beer drinking. We actually house, like, some of the most breweries 
um, in America or some, or at least on the West coast of the U S and so a lot of people for dates and even friends, you know, we go to breweries to just drink beer and I'm like, am I just supposed to sit there on a date? That's like my worst fear that he's going to suggest a brewery. And I'm like, I literally would just sit there and watch you drink a beer. And then it, that would just be the most awkward thing ever. Yes. So my city is known uh, for the bars. So it's the city that has the most bars in Brazil. Oh, really? Yeah. Sounds like a fun time. (laughs) It is. But the problem is like, we are more into beers like brazilians are more into beers than cocktails or like a drink so which like when go to the bar it means going to have a beer and i cannot have a beer i actually i don't even like beer because when i was younger i used to drink it but i don't even know why because i hated it so that's actually that's a struggle and even even on having dinner actually to pick a place to go to eat. I feel like that's hard as well because you have to consider the gluten-free factor. I know. I know. It's so hard, but I mean, that's why you need to come over to California because I actually, I mean, that's why another reason it's like easy for my friends to pick a place because every single place here, I swear, has gluten-free options. Yo, that's, you're so lucky. You're so lucky for that. I know. I want to like ship you a bunch of gluten-free food now that I like know would be great. (laughs) (laughs) So like, since we are in this dating topic, how is it for you at parties? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's weird. I remember, so I just graduated, you know, from, you know, university in May And, um, you know, it was a little bit difficult, but, you know, I try to just be resourceful. I brought my own alcohol all the time or just drank before. And because like a lot of times, you know, there would just be beer and I'm like, I can't drink that. So luckily also the culture, I think in San Diego, it's very gluten-free friendly, which I mean, I'm, you were saying, you know, it's not necessarily gluten-free friendly in Brazil, which I just, uh, I want you to come here so badly because I think you would thrive being a gluten-free person. Oh, 100%. <laughs> because I know, because I'm not sure, do you guys have White Claws in Brazil or do you have your own version? Do you know what White Claws are? You know, the... No, not really. Okay. Yeah, no White Claws. So it's a hard seltzer. So it, it's like um, sparkling water. Um and it has alcohol in it though so it literally tastes like sparkling water um and that's gluten-free and that's what all the guys now love to drink instead of beer because you know it's bubbly like beer but apparently it's only 100 calories and it's like you know it's what you drink you can drink a lot of it without feeling bad i guess so it's gluten-free and a lot of people like that so um i struggled more so about like three or four years ago when gluten-free was still a new thing. But I think here people have caught on to it. And, you know, I live in a very, like I said, beach culture city. So everyone I think is also really, you know, worried about, you know, how they look too. I mean, unfortunately, because it feels like it's summer 24 seven here. It's 60 degrees right now. And, you know, I'm wearing this giant jacket, as you can see. No one else can see it, but I'm cold. <laughs> but that's, you know, 60 degrees Fahrenheit. So I'm trying to think that what that would be in Celsius. But, you know, basically, it's not that cold here ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, overall, I mean, it's been not too hard. But I remember when initially I was gluten-free, it was, it was difficult. And it would stress me out to go out. Yeah, anything that you have to adapt actually is very, very hard at the beginning. And then it, it goes by, like the time goes by and it's easier. So I feel like these days is not as hard as it used to be. But I'm asking you this because party, it's something that I still struggle a little bit. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Oh, please do. <laughs> so when I found out about my celiac disease, there is this um, association of celiac dis- people who have celiac disease here in Brazil. So it was almost four years ago, and it wasn't people didn't used to eat so much gluten-free gluten-free f- food. So I went to this association, and this woman who was 
um, celiac. So she was explaining everything that was going on with the celiac disease, why I couldn't eat gluten like for my life and everything. And I had a few questions about it. And one of them was like, can I, could I kiss someone who like drank beer or had anything like eating gluten? That's a thing. No, that, no, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So like I asked her and I was so embarrassed because it just went me, my sister and my dad, my mom couldn't come because she was traveling or something. So I waited until my dad had to pick up like a phone call <laughs> or whatever out of the bed, out of the room. And I asked her, okay, so what happens if I kiss someone who had just had a beer or had like a cake, like a birthday party or whatever? And she straight up slut shamed me. She was like, okay, let's start right there. You, you do not kiss whoever you want because there is this disease called mono. I was like, what? That's not what I asked. And I was like kind of embarrassed, but that situation was so absurd that I feel like that's kind of disrespectful, but me and my sister just started laughing at her face because that's not what I asked. Okay, and that's so You're not stupid. the one who tell me what do I do with my life. And like, she didn't answer my question at all. Cause yeah. I, I, she didn't want to answer my question. So I actually had to ask for um, this nutritionist that I went that she's gluten-free specialized. And she didn't know what to tell me. She was like, oh my God, just, you cannot just ask a person to stop drinking beer to like kiss you or, you know, like it's awkward. So there's nothing much you can do. So like, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, no, actually you're one of the only people who have asked me this, but I have had the same question because actually one of the people who I went to and saw when I initially was gluten-free, they said, be careful about kissing people who, you know, just had beer. And so here's my thing. I've actually, you know, I have kissed people who, you know, right before we did, they were drinking beer, but this is what I have noticed. Well, first of all, first off, sometimes I literally just say like a little prayer and I'm like, oh, I hope this doesn't like <laughs> affect me. <laughs> and honestly, you know, like usually it doesn't, like, I don't think it really does. I mean, unless they have like cake smeared all over their face, which I will, why would you want to kiss someone who has like food yeah. all over their yeah. face? Um, but you know what I sometimes do is I'll be like, Oh, do you want some water? And then, you know, <laughs> to wash it down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. And, like um, great technique. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say it's, it's really hard to do that unless you're like in a relationship with a guy. If it was just some guy you met out, you know, it's kind of hard to say, oh, I can't kiss you because you just ate a lot of this or that, or you drank beer. Like I feel awkward. So then you do the whole water thing. Like you offer them some water before you think you're going to kiss them. Um, but you know, if you are in a relationship with the person, you know, you, you know them, you don't feel awkward around them. I would say you can literally just be, you know, upfront and be like, listen, you just, ate this and that go brush your teeth <laughs> and then you can then you can kiss me yeah that's what I would yeah. say but you know I have kissed people who you know had drank beer or ate probably something with gluten prior but you know I didn't get sick so it's very very rare I would say yeah oh my god you're so lucky because I got sick kissing a guy oh, once really yeah oh like so sick I felt like I was gonna die it was terrible I mean Probably like at least 30% of it was because I was hangover. <laughs> oh yeah. But, okay. Like, well then that, that could be it too. <laughs> no, but like 70% was because I kissed a boy because I wasn't his birthday party. So I was like very drunk. I wasn't even paying attention. And then he ate birthday cake and then I kissed him. And the next day. I was oh, like, like oh. straight after. I don't remember. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably. <laughs> You can say straight after to make yourself feel better, you know? Oh, yeah, super straight after. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, I was feeling so bad, and I didn't understand, like, how am I feeling so bad? Because my hangovers, like, they're bad, but I'm, I feel like I'm going to die. And then I realized that I was having symptoms of something, someone who just ate gluten and who's yeah. celiac. And then I remembered that I was kissing that guy, 
and that he was like having I don't even remember I don't think he was drinking beer I think he was drinking vodka which is fine but there was birthday cake and yeah. then there was this whole process of oh my god he ate birthday cake and like came to me and I indirectly ate birthday cake and that's how I, I feel like I'm gonna uh, die oh my god I terrible. know no, it's so interesting you mentioned that, like, you know, the whole kissing thing, because also not only, you know, is indirectly, you know, eating gluten bad, but sometimes, you know, they say skincare products too have gluten in them. So you have to be careful yes. because they can seep into your pores. And, you know, I don't know about you and your skincare or beauty products or makeup, what you buy, but I'm cheap and, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't have the money to spend, you know, a lot of, you know, money on makeup and everything. And I buy it usually just at the pharmacy. So, um, yeah, it's hard. And I would say the best thing now, at least in, you know, the U.S., they do have a lot of products and I'll say gluten-free on, you know, the label and and, in the ingredients. But I would say a tip too is to look up what your putting on your body, like on your hair and your skin. And a lot of ingredients also have oat in it. And oat Mm -hmm. technically is gluten-free, but you know, you have to get the gluten-free oats because sometimes they're cross-contaminated. And so if I kind of try to steer away from any products that have oat in them, because even though that's a very common thing, at least in the U.S. to put in products, I try not to get those just because of the chance of it being cross-contaminated. Yeah, that's actually something that you have to look for because I didn't know about this before and I had this body lotion and I put on my skin and I got like the worst rash of my entire life. And I was, yeah. Not gluten-free. Yeah, and it didn't say on the label, but it was like the only thing because I'm not allergic to anything else or I don't have anything, any problems with anything else. And then also I had this shampoo who had wheat and I didn't really pay attention because I wasn't aware of this. And your scalp get all itchy? My hair was falling. (gasps) No. (laughs) I didn't understand why that was happening. And then I was it was right there. I don't even know how I did not see that. It was there on the label, like, oh, has wheat on it. I just didn't realize it. Then I saw once and I was like, Oh my God. Like what's going to happen to me? No, I know. I mean, I guess the good thing about, you know, all of it is that, you know, you can detox from it too. So it's not going to, you know, that's really unfortunate though, that your hair was falling out. I cannot, I probably (laughs) would have literally started screaming and been like, oh my gosh, I'm going bald. But yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. It wasn't like falling like an insane amount, but it was like mm-hmm. more than usual. So I think I used that shampoo for like three months, which is like a lot if you think about it. Because like really? I wash yeah. my hair every other day, so it's a lot. Yeah. But thank God I realized that because I don't know what would have happened, honestly. I know. Ugh. I know. It's it's definitely a struggle. So, but I would say, yeah, like making sure what you put on your skin and, you know, who you kiss. Those those are very (laughs) priorities, I guess, when you're in your 20s like us. (laughs) Yes. So there's something, I don't know if you go through it as well, because you're single, right? Yeah, I am very much single. (laughs) Yeah, same here. So when I am starting to meet a guy, I'm meeting a guy and then we're getting to know each other and everything, I tell him about like, my celiac disease, which feels like a big break, like, oh, I'm celiac. And then I tell him, and their reaction actually says a lot about them, for me, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah, like, if no, they're no, going no. to ask about it, if they're going to worry about it, and then like, oh, I, uh, let's go to a place where you can eat, and uh, oh, can I have this? Like, does it affect anything of you, for you if we kiss or anything? Like, that's major for me. Yeah. Well, that's actually really nice that they even think about the kissing because I don't think any guy ever thinks about the kissing with me, but I have, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I have thought, or I have 
you know, dated guys in the past who were, you know, very sweet about, you know, oh, making sure like we go to a completely gluten-free place. And, you know, my, I, I do have to say, you know, one of the um, more recent guys I dated, he forgot all the time and just all the time. And I was like, okay, well, sometimes we go to parties together and he would get, you know, beer. And I'm like, I can't drink this. And he's like, oh yeah, I forgot. And I'm like, this is literally such a major part of my life. And we've been seeing each other way too long for you to keep on forgetting. (laughs) Yeah. This is like a red flag for me because if you cannot like even remember this major part of my life, what are you even doing? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, (laughs) I don't know. This is where I kind of go back. Like I said earlier, you know, sometimes men are kind of useless. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like if it makes you feel good about it, um, I wasn't as party with this guy. I was, I was with him and we dated after that, but he already knew about my celiac disease. So we were at a party together and it was an open bar party, mm-hmm. like a college party. So he was like, okay, I'm going to get this to drink. And then he stopped. He was like, but can I kiss you after I drink this? And I said, well, I don't think so. Cause I ha- I think it has gluten in it. And he was like, Oh, whatever. And he got it anyway. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's not where I thought this was going. Exactly. <laughs> I thought he was going to be like, oh, okay, then I, I won't drink it or I'm going to like drink a lot of water, or, like go like clean my mouth or whatever. Yeah, in a better something. world, perhaps. But the, I, the worst in a better thing world. is that I dated this guy for four months after that. Oh, what the hell was I thinking? I don't know. Like, it's okay. That's what I think a lot of times with the guys I've dated too. Yeah, no, totally. There was this guy once that, um, it was actually, I started dating him right after I found out about my celiac disease and he was fine with it, but he wasn't super cautious or anything. So I remember something that was terrible. So sad that he would eat like Subway in front of me and I was obsessed with Subway. And I remember (laughs) this specific time that he was eating, he was like, oh, can I eat this? You're gonna feel bad. Like, obviously I wouldn't say yes. Like, don't don't eat that. Obviously you can eat it. So he was eating it and I was was sitting in front of him and I was almost crying because I just wanted the Subway so bad. And then like we dated, he met my family and everything. And then we broke up because I went to Boston. And after Boston, mm-hmm. we met, we were talking and everything. And then he came up to me like, so what's with that gluten-free thing? Do you still have, do you still have that? I'm like, yeah, said, it doesn't go away. What the hell? Like, you literally dated me. You met my family. Like, you know everything about me. You were supposed to know that this is like a long run thing, like forever thing. <laughs> what are you I even know. asking me? Like this is like not a diet that we're doing for fun. It's like health because exactly. we can get like cancer and like die from this. <laughs> yeah. And I was like so mad and I actually got mad at him. Like, yeah, obviously I'm going to be gluten-free for the rest of my life. And then he was like, okay, you don't have to get mad. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't have to get mad. What kind of statement is this? I know. I know. Uh, they're, I can't. Uh, they're so, it's so hard. But I mean, yeah, I mean, dating is so tricky when you're gluten-free. But I don't think there's like a right way to go about it. You know, it's just going to be awkward regardless. You just have to accept the awkwardness. Yeah. At this point, I feel like that's the hardest thing of being gluten-free right now. Like just the dating part. is. It definitely is, but mm. yeah, your family and your friends, like they care about you. So they adapt, they adapt and everything, but, um, boys, you cannot rely on them. I know. That's why, you know, we need men, not boys. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what we're going for right now. (laughs) I know. Seriously. Moral of the story for everything and not boys. So you said that when you were just diagnosed with the celiac disease, like we didn't have much of gluten-free food. So we're so lucky that this day, like right now, we have a bunch of 
variety right now. And also in Brazil, like this is growing, which I am so thankful for. But I feel that sometimes it's a thing right now for the wrong reasons, not because it's a health question, a health uh, thing, but more because of people are eating gluten-free because they think it's healthy. And influencers actually say, oh, I'm gluten-free because this is good for you. This is healthy. And that make, this makes me so mad. Yeah, it does make me mad too. But I mean, like you were saying how it's growing more, like I'm glad it is, at least for our sake. For everyone else who is doing it for fun, like I'm just kind of annoyed, but you know, at least for us, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's bittersweet. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. I know. At least now it's more common. So when we say, oh, we're gluten-free, then people don't look at us so weird. I think sometimes people look at us like, oh, you're just doing it for the diet. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But I've, I kind of have come to a point where I'm like, you know what? Think what you want. If you want to think that I'm doing this for fun, go ahead. But I'm not. Yeah. This is like your issue. Like I cannot do anything about it. I know it is. (laughs) So, uh, once it was actually, I think it was last year, some or something like that. Um, a lot of YouTubers were with this thing that they were eating gluten-free um, because it was trendy, eating gluten-free. Mm-hmm. So they were eating and then they would get some, I don't know, some snack. Oh, this is like gluten-free. So this is like so healthy for you, which I'm so thankful for because this is so good as well. And I saw that once. I'm not going to say the YouTuber, obviously. But, and then I, I, I was so annoyed by that. So I left a comment. Okay, this is not how it goes. And then like I gave a full lecture on gluten-free and like celiac disease. This has nothing to do with your health if you don't have an allergy or intolerance or anything. And then a bunch of people just came like in the comment. Oh my God, it's so true. Like I got so annoyed as well. And then, I mean, the YouTuber just, um apologized and she said that oh I'm sorry I didn't know about it and she never never advertised gluten-free being something healthy anymore so oh well that's good yeah I felt like fulfilled like oh I did my part on that (laughs) you did you educated the public on what it is to actually be (laughs) gluten-free so good job (laughs) so do you miss eating anything like I know that you said that you have a bunch of gluten-free options but is there anything specific that you miss yeah uh well I studied abroad in Italy actually two years ago and you know it was so hard because you know I couldn't eat the pizza or the pasta which is like that's what Italy is known for and so that was really hard but I would say I honestly just miss you know a good cupcake, like, and cake. I am such a sweet girl and I just love desserts and all of that. And to be honest, I'm not going to lie. You know, I have gotten to points where I have been at a party and I have, you know, gotten a little drunk and I start eating the cake anyways. (laughs) I wake up the next day feeling absolutely terrible, like you said. And so I would say it's just the sweets. Yeah, or just like, you know how sometimes, you know, at Italian restaurants, they put bread on the table before and starving before your food comes. So you're just like holding every, it takes every fiber of your being to not like reach for the bread. So yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. So in Italy, they don't have gluten-free stuff. Like So actually, Italy's pretty good. So what I did though, I, people were like, oh, what, wasn't it going to be so hard to be gluten-free in Italy? And Italy actually, it has a lot of gluten-free um, options. And so in the grocery store, they actually have a whole aisle dedicated to gluten-free and, you know, you just say senza gluten. So that's like yeah. Italian for no gluten. And um, you know, the waiters actually know what it is. And for the most part, even if they don't have, you know, uh, gluten-free pasta, I can always get, I could always get like chicken and vegetables or chicken and salad. So that was fine with me. Honestly, I, you know, I felt like super, super healthy to be honest when I was in Italy, cause I wasn't eating <laughs> even any of like the sweets or anything or any of the alternatives. So, you know, I was still able to drink the wine. So that's really all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually asked that because I'm not going to swear by it, but 
I read this in a bunch of places that celiac disease it originated in Italy. So it's an Italian yeah. disease. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I, I heard that it was in from, um, Ireland, but it might be, it might be Italy actually. Yeah. Because that of would, all the pasta and pizza and like all of that. Lasagna. Yeah. No, that would make more sense because I mean, cause it is also a genetic disease. Yeah. So that would probably mean that like somewhere in our lineage down the line, far down that like we come from there. And that would make sense because, you know, my grandparents are from Greece so that's like oh, right yeah. next to Italy. So maybe my you know, great grandfather is was Italian. Okay, then that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, I'm not Irish at all. Like I'm, I'm mostly <laughs> you know Greek and Russian, and so um, those are like, yeah, I was confused. But that actually makes so much more sense that you know it's actually an Italian disease. Yeah. Does anyone else in your family is gluten free? Like has celiac disease? Um, my aunt does, and then she just found out when I found out, and then my grandma, like I said, and my dad, to be honest, you know, since it is genetic, his mom was the one who had it, and that means my dad passed it on to me, so my dad, though, you know, bless him, because he loves his beer, he loves gluten, he always says, I love gluten, I love gluten, I love gluten, he loves chocolate cake, like, that man loves chocolate cake so much. (laughs) And he tells me, he's like, I refuse, he refuses to get, you know, tested just because he <laughs> would be so he's happy. He's so afraid. Yeah, he's so afraid. He, I mean, he has like beer every day, you know, a beer after work. So he, that, I don't think, even if he found out he was celiac, he wouldn't try. He, he does yeah. eat gluten-free for the most part though when I'm home, but you know, he does like his beer. But you're like so lucky that you're not the only one celiac in your family. Because I'm like I legit the only one. And my family's huge. Like, yeah. It's like has I everyone got won tested? the lottery, but reversed it. Um, yeah. No, no one got it, but no one has any um, symptoms. Yeah, any symptoms at all. Whatsoever. Maybe they're just like a carrier, you know, of genetically and, you know, don't, it doesn't actually affect them, you know? Yeah, and it was dumped on me. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know. That's how like I felt for a long me. time. <laughs> That's terrible. I know. I know. I know. I'm just like thinking about, you know, on other future vacations, you know, it's hard because you kind of have to like plan. Okay. Like I'm like, to be honest, I don't think we could really travel to places like China easily because, you know, soy sauce has gluten in it and they put soy sauce in every single thing. So if I ever went to like China or if you ever went to China or, you know, any kind of Asian country, I feel like we would not be able to eat anything besides rice. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about that a lot, actually. That's actually something that I consider when I'm going to travel somewhere. Yeah. That's, that's something too that I think of, but an, a great country to, you know, travel is Greece too. I mean, I visited my family, I think, oh wow, it's like four years ago, but I didn't really have any trouble when I was there. I mean, you know, some of their foods like Spanakopita and like their, um, like other, you know, delicious foods do have gluten, but for the most part, you know, they eat just very much like fish, chicken, vegetables, and that. So I would say that's a great country to visit too. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. That and Italy too. Regardless, yeah. I mean, you can't eat the pizza, but still they have gluten-free yeah. pizza some places. Oh, that's good to know. So the key word for celiac disease basically is adaptation. You have to adapt to a whole new Mm -hmm. life and the people around you. Yeah. No, literally, it's all about adapting. I cannot say that word for a second. (laughs) It's all about, (laughs) you know, adapting. And I mean, you know, I think it's a good skill to learn though, just overall in life, because obviously, you know, we live in a world that is crazy and it's constantly changing, but you know, this is just one, it's like a little bump in the road kind of, and it's all how you, you know, perceive it too. And, you know, for a while it was very easy for me to be like, oh, this is terrible. This sucks. Like my life sucks. Like I can't go out, like blah, 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 like everything. And, um, you know, it's all about, you know, changing your perspective. Hey, you know, we're not allergic to nuts, knock on wood, that we don't become allergic to nuts oh, and yeah. our throat, <laughs> you know, our throat doesn't close up. It's just, 
you know, for if we eat gluten, it's two to three, at least for me, days of, you know, pain. Yeah, but, me too. You know, it's not going to, you know, kill us in the short term. So that's always a good thing. And, you know, it's just about your perspective. And now we can live healthier lives and all of that kind of thing. Yeah, and the support of friends and family helps so much because going through this by yourself can be so hard, like in the beginning, especially. I know. I know. So that's like, I would say like surrounding yourself with people who like support you. And I mean, that's important in any kind of, you know, situation. That's always important to have like people who are supporting you. But yeah, I mean, I always just say it's like, you know, having people who will help you on your, I guess, health journey, your new health journey that you're (laughs) going on, because it's definitely is a journey and, you know, changing your perspective. I think that's like, and like adapting, like you said, it's all about, you know, how you handle the different situations life throws at you. Yes, exactly. So thank (laughs) you so much for coming for this episode. I'm so happy that I found you. (laughs) Oh, well, no, literally, thank you, Anna, so much. I loved like talking to you about being gluten-free and because I don't really have these conversations often because I'm not really going to talk about being gluten-free with my friends who like it. So I loved, you know, talking about it and hopefully, you know, we can help someone and hopefully people, you know, liked the advice that we had. Yeah, totally. We have to educate people because I don't think there's a lot of information about actually needing to be gluten-free out there. Yeah, exactly. So I think, Luckily, this this episode was very educational for anyone who is gluten-free or not gluten-free. Yes. So if people want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? Yeah. So I have my podcast Instagram. So like I said, my podcast is called It Ain't It Sis. So it's kind of a tongue twister in terms of my Instagram handle. It's at it.ain't.it.sis. You know, a lot of the uh, Instagram handles were already taken. So, you know, I I went with that one. So that's my uh, podcast Instagram. And then my personal Instagram is at Sarah Humphrey 7, S-A-R-A-H-H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y 7. So that's where you can follow me. And yeah, if slide into my DMs ever, if anyone wants, I love talking to people. Okay, so I'm going to link your socials in the description just to make sure. And thank you so much for coming to this episode. Oh, well, thank you, Anna. I absolutely love talking to you. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Sarah is so nice. I loved recording with her. And like I said, I'm going to leave her both of her Instagrams on the description if you want to check her out. And well, that's it. See you next week. Happy New Year. Bye.